when you have your own photography business and you're working away at achieving your goals. It's natural to feel like you're in a silo without anyone to draw inspiration from, bounce ideas off of, or derive encouragement from. But when we see others who have succeeded, it gives us the courage and drive knowing that they too have walked the same path and achieved the same goals that they set out to accomplish. Welcome to the Motherhood Anthology Podcast, photography education for a business you love. My name is Kim Box and I'm your host with the collaboration and help of my co-hosts and business partners at the Motherhood Anthology, Jenny Kruger and Allison Craig. Today I have the privilege of sitting down with Kate Marie of Kate Marie Portraiture. Kate's a very successful newborn and family photographer based out of Dallas, Texas and a member of the Motherhood Anthology. I'm thrilled to have her on the podcast today in a feature we call Success Stories. Kate came from a film background and she's used those tools and skills that she acquired from that experience to create a brand that's uniquely her own. So now I present to you episode number 43 and a segment in our own series of success stories on the Motherhood Anthology podcast. So tell me, what do you believe sets your your brand or your business apart? Like what's the thing that you think elevates your business? Um, I think going into it, when I decided to go in on my own, I was like, you know, I am going to only offer products that I really love and adore and believe in. And so I set out to find the highest quality pieces that I could find. I wanted, you know, I wanted this artwork to, that I provided to my clients to stand the test of time. I want them to be able to hang it in their homes for years and years to come to be able to pass it on down to their grandchildren. I do offer like a simplicity mini session, but all of my luxury sessions, I make sure that they walk away with something tangible in their hands. So, you know, even if they just purchase the digital collection, it comes with that matching proof set. And so just making sure that they had something printed, I think really helps set me apart. It's not something that every other photographer in town is doing. So what are you doing up front to, to make that happen? Um, I try and I, I try and encourage them to have a consultation prior to their session. Ideally we do that in person. I just, I send out a questionnaire if they don't want to meet in person, just to get an idea of what are their overall goals for the session. I try to plant that seed, you know, like, are you looking for artwork? Are you looking for, you know, wall art for your home? Are you more of an album collector where you'd rather have, you know, books on your shelves that you and your kids and your family can look through throughout the years? And I, and I ask those questions, you know, even if they aren't thinking of that right off the bat, I'm hoping that that will at least plant that seed of, you know, how am I going to use these images aside from them just living and dying on my, on my computer or my hard drives? So I think I read that you were until about five years ago, you were kind of shoot and burn. And so then you went to in-person sales. Talk to us about that. Like, how was that transition? I feel like for me, that was a pretty easy transition because, you know, I had been in the industry when it was film. We didn't have any other choice. You know, back in the day, you just, you shot your roll of film, you sent it into the lab, they send back the proofs. And you scheduled a meeting with your client to sit down, look through the images, you know, the prints and place their order. So that wasn't new to me at all. And I think so many photographers are afraid to jump into in-person sales, partly because products and prints are so new to them. They don't know where to begin. They're, you know, afraid of what their clients might think. 
And luckily, most of my clients have been very open to it. Since COVID, though, I've been a lot more lenient. You know, I give them the option. Would you rather come in and sift through your prints together and place your order? Or would you rather look at them in an online gallery? Um, you know, and he, they can even change their mind if they want, if they see the online gallery and they're like, you know what, I really do want to sit down and look at these in person. I'm happy, you know, to print off a set of proofs and sit down and do that with them. Most of my clients have been pretty receptive to that. And when they do have an online gallery, I've done, I recently implemented what Allison was doing with her galleries where I have a set of photos just of random products from the studio for them to see. And then I create another scene in my pick time gallery that I mock up in Canva with their images. So they can actually see what their images might look like on a wall or in an album. And that has helped tremendously too with print sales. Tell me about doing the sales through the, the gallery. Are you using Pixie Set or PickTime? I use PickTime. I think I do have my shop set up, but I I prefer to at least get on the phone or have, you know, shoot some emails back and forth to place their final order. I want them to do that through me. If they are ordering wall art or albums, I want to take, you know, one more look through those images and make sure that everything is perfect. I, I would rather they do that rather than just order everything through the pick time gallery. How are you enc- encouraging them to make their decisions? Like, are you giving them a time limit for the gallery? You know, I've been really bad about that. Um, <laughs> my intentions have always been, and when I send out that initial email, it is, you have 24 hours. But I usually, I'll leave it up for three, four or five days, and then I'll check in, you know, hey, have you had a chance to look at your gallery? Do you have any questions? You know, would you want to jump on a call to review anything? you know, any particular edits that you'd like to have made before, you know, we place their final order. I'm reading here your advice for raising prices. And I think it's really great advice that I don't think I've really heard before. You say that a lot of people are thinking about like raising the prices first of the year. And you say that's not what you do. I don't. Um, I feel like the that first quarter is often such a slower season for me. And so instead of introducing higher prices that might scare some people off, I like to do it like this time of the year right now, when all of a sudden I'm starting to get an influx of inquiries for fall, but I like to, I like to raise prices right now, right before the busy season, when, you know, the people might not flinch quite as hard right. when they look at that. Industry. So they, they've already have it, they already have it in their heads. You know, I want a session. I want to do it, you know, in the next three months. And we'll make it happen rather than do it right before a time where it's about to be really slow anyways. So tell us about like your number of sessions, your sales process, your average sale. Talk to us a little bit about, you know, how much you're shooting and kind of how you structure things. Yeah, ideally, I prefer not to take more than two sessions a week. It's just me. I don't have any other employees or assistants. So I feel like two full sessions a week is kind of my sweet spot. It gives me one day to prep and shoot on the day of the session. And then it gives me all of the next day to edit. So, it, and then my average sale is in total because I do a session, a creative fee plus product. So at a minimum for a full session, we're, they're looking at about 2100 and then I do offer, I do offer some simplicity sessions, like our short mini sessions in the studio on weekdays, kind of here and there. But 
I try and keep my minimum for a full session right around 2100. And I won't take more than one full session a day. If I'm doing a day of simplicity sessions, then I can, you know, fill in a, a few more back to back. So if I shoot two or three petite sessions, then that kind of fills the gap of where I might have one full session that week. What so how do you, you used to, with an average sale of about yeah. 2,100, how are you getting folks there? So you said there's a three, your creative fee is yeah. 350. My, my creative fee is 350. And then my digital collection is set at 1,700. So that's usually about the bare minimum. Very rarely do I have somebody come in and just buy, you know, just buy one piece of wall art or, or just the digital collection. Or sometimes I have clients who just do the creative fee and then they'll purchase an album and albums start at 2000. So, you know, at, at minimum, they're coming in at about 2000, but they can, you know, they can add things on to increase that sale. You know, if they decide they want to add on albums or wall art or things like that, you know, of course that's going to bump that up a little bit. And so it, in that creative fee, you're providing hair and makeup or is that additional? That's additional. I'm always happy to help clients find somebody. I have um, a handful of hair and makeup artists that I love working with. And so once we have their session date on the calendar, I'm happy to help coordinate that. But I've gone back and forth as to whether or not to include that, whether or not to, you know, increase that creative fee and have hair and makeup included. But then that just opens up a whole nother slew of things like taxes and having a contractor and extra paperwork at the end of the year. And so I just have them pay the hair and makeup artist on the day of their session. I know that you are very passionate about printing and selling tangible products. And would you share some of your favorite products that you have that you offer your clients? My absolute favorite are deckled edge prints. I just feel like it it really helps separate my print work from others. It's, you know, most of the other labs aren't offering that. So to be able to order decal prints either from Indie or from Musea, it gives the artwork a completely different look. You know, it's not something that my clients can find and print on their own. And so I sell quite a few of those. I use a local framer. So I take all of those prints to the frame shop and I have them float mounted on a light gray mat usually just because it helps that white edge kind of pop a little bit. Mm -hmm. And then I have it all custom framed and I'll deliver that to the client, but that's my absolute favorite. And then albums in my own personal home, I feel like I've gotten to the point where I'm kind of out of wall space without my house looking, you know, cluttered with pictures all over the place. And so lately I've been doing a lot of albums for my own personal work. I try and do one family session every year and then I'll have, you know, a really beautiful indie album printed from there. And so I have a collection on our entry table of those, those books, just a little pile. And my daughter, she loves looking through those. And when I remember, I try and remember to at least print proofs for me too. I like having those sets of proofs, even if it's just from some, like our beach vacation, you know, even if they're just iPhone images, I think it's so important to have those memories printed. I know my kids love to sit down and look through them together. My daughter, she could spend hours just sitting there and looking through pictures. We used to print chat books from Instagram and she has looked at those so often that they are falling apart. 
Um, and so I think it's so important to have those, those printed in our home. And I want my clients to have those too. Don't you think it's the saddest thing that, you know, I know you, you and I grew up with probably, I did boxes of four by six, yes. you know, from our childhood of snapshots, you know, just so many random things. And because, you know, that was the way you did it, then you had to send mm-hmm. your film off and you got the four by sixes back and that's how you got to see things. And so, you know, we have boxes of prints like that, but I, I even for my, my kids, like, especially my son, he was pre and my daughter, they were pre iPhone. Well, my, my daughter's old enough that we were still getting four by sixes back, but my middle son, he was a little pre iPhone. So there aren't even, it's kind of in that transition that he just doesn't have tons of four by printed. He has your studio stuff. You know, I was interested in photography. So, but just, it makes me sad that he doesn't have as many just fun snapshots, just documenting the day or the event, not, not a portrait, so to speak. I read an article years ago that it mentioned that we are the most photographed generation, but we will be the most forgotten because all of our memories live on our devices. Nobody's printing those on regular basis like we used to. You know, as kids, we I, I remember having a point and shoot camera and I took that thing everywhere. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was constantly taking pictures and then my mom would take me to the grocery store and we'd drop off the film and have the, you know, the four by six prints made. And we, we don't do that for our kids. You know, we don't, we have all these, we have so hundreds and hundreds of pictures on our phones, but very rarely are we printing those and having those, you know, in boxes for our kids to sift through. And when my grandparents passed away, I remember thinking, you know, we were going through their attic and they had boxes and boxes of images that we'd never even seen. And I just remember thinking how sad that our kids won't have these because we're not printing. And so it's my goal. I hope that at least, you know, the, the, proof sets that I'm giving to my clients, you know, if they're not putting on them on display, that they're at least going in a box somewhere that will be rediscovered years and years from now when they've passed and their kids and grandkids will stumble upon them and can look back through them and, you know, just be so amazed that they have these images. That's so true because when we've passed away, what's left. Yeah. <laughs> Most folks aren't going to know how to get to our Dropbox with all the things we meant exactly. to print one day. <laughs> right. And not only that, it's like technology changes so fast. So even if we have them on hard drives, it's, it's like a floppy disk. Like I don't, if I had a floppy disk, I wouldn't know where to even begin to take it to get, find out what's on it, you know, and our, our kids aren't, and grandkids aren't going to know what to do with all of these hard drives. And they probably won't have the technology to plug them in and, even look through them or would they want to like that's such a daunting process just what are they going to do and you know even if we have dropbox like what if they don't have the login for to get into it or i'm sure by then that'll be an archaic thing right Hmm. be around anymore either you know it's everything's constantly changing it's all new okay so if you could go back in time and give yourself one piece of advice when you started your business what would it be That would be to put my blinders on. I feel like, you know, you're first starting out and it is so easy to play the comparison game. You're looking at what is everybody else around me doing? What is, you know, what kind of art are they creating? What are they charging for their work? And so instead of sitting down and really figuring out your own cost of doing business and coming up with a 
business plan and a goal for your own business, they're just looking at, well, I, you know, in order to be competitive, what do I need to charge? What is everybody else doing? You know, I went into it with a business mentor. And so she kind of, she walked me through, you know, doing my cost of running my cost of doing business. And it was so detailed, you know, it had, okay, well, how much do I want to put in my business savings? How much do I need for insurance? How much do I want to set aside for retirement? You know, and things that we aren't always thinking about when you're first starting out and, you know, you're just looking at what is everybody else doing and you feel like you have to charge that too. And so I think to be able to put on your blinders, create the artwork that your heart really wants to create and to charge what you need to charge to make a sustainable living um, is so very important. Um, you know, because we're all running different kinds of businesses. Some of us have studios in our home and some of us have studios outside of the home. And, you know, some of us offer client wardrobes and some of us don't. Some of us are high volume and shoot, you know, a dozen sessions in a week. And some of us are lower volume and only shoot two or three. And so there's so many different factors that go into figuring out what your cost of doing business is and what you should charge. I think it's really important just to put those blinders on don't worry about what anybody else is doing. You know, I don't worry about what anybody else is charging and just set it up for what you need it to be. And why do you think that's successful? Because I think so many people are worried that if I charge significantly more, that no mm-hmm. one is, is going to hire me. So right. why, why do you think you're able to compete or not compete, but you're thriving and yes. maybe you charge more? Like, what is it that people should focus on to set themselves apart. I think they should focus more on, okay, what are my clients pain points and how can I solve those problems for them? And then really try and communicate that in your messaging, you know, on your website and your emails. And so when I started out, my first thought was, okay, like my biggest pain point in getting my own family ready for a family photo shoot was wardrobe. And so I thought, okay, you know, if I can supply options for moms and for kids, that right there is a huge weight lifted off their shoulders. They can pretty much just show up and they can get dressed and we can photograph the session. And also, you know, what most people aren't printing their artwork. And so that's another big service that you can provide, you know, in solving that, that pain point And that problem is, you know, I can help you get your artwork printed. I can help you get your photos onto your walls. I can help you, you know, print those memories into an album. You have those for years to come because we're so busy as moms that, you know, we just don't have time to do it all. We don't have time to sit down and design an album and send it off to print. You know, even myself, I feel like the last album that I did, the day I received my images, I designed the album and I sent it off to the lab right away because I knew that if I sat there and sat on them, it wouldn't happen for another six to 12 months. And I just, I wanted to get it done. So I think, you know, if you can solve problems for your clients and properly communicate that, that can set you, really set you apart, you know, and not necessarily be a competitive advantage, but, you know, kind of give you a leg up, like you're providing a higher level of service. And that is why that makes your work worth charging what you need to. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I think so often we're looking around, seeing what everyone else is doing and thinking that we need to do the same thing. And if you're doing that, it is, it is, it does come down to price because it's apples to apples 
And mm-hmm. so then it can, it does come down to the price. But I think the thing that you've done so beautifully is like you've, when you're not really looking around, you have an opportunity to find your own style and what you love. And that is what people will pay for is you. Sometimes you can't look, you can't look around to figure that out. And so, you know, if you're, if you're shooting what you love and you're selling what you love, then it's not apples to apples anymore. You know, it's apple to oranges. And if they love Kate Marie, they've got to pay for Kate Marie. <laughs> right. You yes. know, and, and I think it's so important that, you know, you're creating art that you want to create. You know, you're not looking at what around it, what everybody else is doing and trying to recreate that, thinking that that's what everyone else is buying. I want my clients to hire me for the artist that I am, um, you know, and, and I, you have a set list, a set shot list, right. That you kind of have in mind when in workflow that you run through during a session. But my favorite moments are when a client will ask, you know, they'll, they'll see an image in the studio or they'll see something that I've posted online, you know, and let's say it's like an out of focus picture or something that has my, some of my favorite images mm-hmm. to create are some that show motion. So I slow that shutter down, you know, and just really am able to capture, you know, mom twirling or the daughter jumping on the bed, because I feel like that really just brings, it adds so much more life to an image than just a perfectly in focus, still shot. And I try and remember to do a few of those with every session, but sometimes I forget because it's not everybody's thing. Not everybody loves that. But when I have a client that specifically says, Hey, I saw this image that you've done. Can we try some of these in my session? I feel like they're, it's like they're breathing life into me, right? Like they're giving me permission to create the, the the kind of imagery that I truly love to create. And so, and you know, if you're just constantly trying to recreate what everybody else around you is doing or everything that you're seeing on Instagram, you know, you're, you aren't, be, you aren't discovering the, the true artist that you are. So have your goals changed along the way? Yes. And I think, you know, the older my kids get, one and one part of that is they're just busier with their activities, which makes it more difficult to logistically get everybody where they need to be all the time. But also realizing how quickly they're growing up, how little time I have left with them in my house. <laughs> my son's sitting right here. <laughs> he knows I'm constantly just telling him, like, I miss you. Like, I feel like you're never here. He's growing up. He's wanting to spend so much more time with his friends. And I know that that time is fleeting. They are going to be off with their friends all of the time before we know it. They're not going to want to hang out with their mom. And so, you know, a few years ago, I sat down and I thought, you know, if I can just meet a gross sales goal of six figures, I'll feel like I have made it. And I did. And I I was so excited. You know, I met that goal. And then I sat down and I, I thought about it and I'm like, okay, well, how much time did I actually put in to getting to meeting that goal? And how much did I actually make? Because I kind of have, you know, a theory of one third of what I make goes to taxes, one third goes to business expenses, and one third goes back to me. So at the end of the day, I'm only taking home 30% of what I'm actually charging. And is that, is the salary that I paid myself worth the 
the number of hours that I'd put in and the nights and the weekends that I had away from my kids. What did I miss out? And all of a sudden, money was no longer the goal. And so last year, when I sat down and started planning out my year, I thought, you know what? I'm not going to let this business run me. I'm going to run this business. I'm going to make it work for my life and my schedule. And I didn't care about the money anymore. I didn't care. I mean, obviously you care to a certain extent, like I've got business expenses and I still want to pay myself at the end of the day. But my overall goal was just to have, you know, create this business that works for me and for the life that I want to have and to be able to support my family, you know, and be there for my kids when they need me to be. And so I left weddings two years ago because I wanted my weekends back. I wasn't shooting a ton anyways. I was shooting a handful a year, but still the, you know, it's a whole weekend and then it's a full 40 hours of editing afterwards. And it was just not bringing me as much joy as it had been. And so while my, my goal recently has just to continually create a life that allows me to have the best of both worlds to, you know, but that always comes at an expense and my job as a mom and a wife and a friend needs to come first. Um, you know, before the business doesn't come first, my, my family, my friends need to. And recently a friend I was talking to on Instagram worded it and saying, you know, we're serving a life purpose and goal that is so much bigger and more important. And I feel like she just really nailed it on the head. Like God gave me this talent and this vision to serve my clients and create artwork for them. But first and foremost, my overall life purpose and goal is so much more than that. You know, he, he made me a wife and a mom for a reason. And I feel like I need to serve my family before I serve the business. I'm like you, like for so many years, had this goal in mind, this number, you know, that, that I wanted to reach. And I think as we get older and we can look back a little bit, you stop to think about like, okay, for so long, money was the goal. Like that number was the goal. But I started to think about, I've said this here before, but um, I heard somewhere that don't think about like, hey, I want to make a million dollars, but what would you do if today you had a million dollars? What would you do with the million dollars? And it made me, you know, think that, oh, well, I really don't have these huge like things I want out of life. I mean, I want to have the time to spend with my kids and I want to, of course, we all need to be able to like pay for, you know, necessities and pay our bills and that we have a few things that we want, but I really didn't have like these huge goals. And so it kind of reframed that for me, like the the money is just the tool for the mm-hmm. thing that you want out of life. And what is, it's, it's easier and sometimes simpler to define, you know, what you want to do with it versus how much you want to make. It gives you some time back. It did for me, like when you think of it. Exactly. In, in so terms. last year, when I kind of shifted my priorities, I thought for sure, I'm like, there's no way because I, I am just not a numbers person. I do not check in on my QuickBooks to see what my sales have been every month. I kind of just wait. I would rather just, you know, shoot the sessions that I need to shoot, you know, look at the numbers later. And I looked back at my overall revenue for the year and I had exceeded what I had met, you know, that goal that I had the year Mm -hmm. before. Mm -hmm. And so even though I had, I, you know, I took on less clients and I was shooting less sessions. I was trying to step back and not work as much. So even though I'd shifted my priorities, I was still meeting those sales goals, you know, unknowingly. And, and so that was great, but 
it wasn't the overall goal, you know? And so I really haven't even looked to see where I'm on track for this year. I mean, I, I hope that it's still up there in the six figures, but if it isn't, I'm like, it, I, it's fine with me, you know, if, as long as I'm still able to take home what I need to take home and I'm cutting back on my outdoor sessions this year by half, um, which is a little scary from a numbers perspective, but I just don't, I can't be away that many nights every week. I did a podcast with Shanna Skidmore. I don't know if you heard it, oh, but it was, I did. she is a financial um, advisor and this specifically for creatives. And she talks about finding your enough number. So if you know that number, what's enough, what do I need in order to pay my bills, do the things that I want to do that allows you to rest? Because so often as creatives, if we don't know that number, if we don't have a number in mind, then we're we're just a hamster on a wheel that, you know, it's always got to do more, got to do more, got to do more. But when you know that number, what's enough, then you can rest if you want to rest. And I thought that um, was great advice. It's so important that we get rest. You know, we can't be creative. And when, when we're tired, you know, you need to be able to have that time to re be re to rejuvenate and to be able to be creative. You know, I don't like to take on a lot of sessions simply because if I don't have time to rest in between, I can't be creative. I can't create different imagery for each session. You know, like we're, it's not a machine, it's, it's art. And you wouldn't expect an artist to sit down and crank out the same, you know, or different, different paintings all day long. It's like, you, you need to be given that freedom to be creative. And you can't when you're exhausted. You're too tired to look for inspiration and to let your mind rest and come up with fun and new ideas. Oh, it's been really important to me, I think, to find peace and to find rest and to be okay with that enough number. Every once in a while, you know, you get that thought that creeps into your brain. It's like, well, what if, like, maybe if you just worked a little bit harder, maybe you're being a little bit lazy. You know, you could make so much more, but at the end of the day, that's not my goal. You know, like you said, like enough is enough. And, and I feel like we're, I'm kind of at that sweet spot right now and I'm, I'm, I'm happy and I'm making enough and I don't feel overworked and it's a, it's a really good place to be. Well, your work, I think shows that you're not, you know, like you said, like when you, when you're charging what you need to be charging, when you know you're enough number, you're rested and you create better work and you give a better experience to your clients and so that shows for sure for you. I think you got it figured out. Okay, so you are such a valuable part of our uh, motherhood anthology um, community and membership. And so our membership enrollment is open right now. So I don't want to let you go without asking you for a shameless plug. <laughs> <laughs> so would you say that TMA has helped on your journey? Oh, absolutely. You know, the knowledge and support that I have gained from TMA has been absolutely priceless. It rolled out just a few months after I had separated from my business partner and had decided that if I was going to run this business on my own, I needed it to be successful. You know, it wasn't just a fun side thing. I didn't just want to make a little bit of extra money. I wanted this to be my career. And I had just left my full-time job unexpectedly. And so as soon as TMA launched, I signed up. What really, I think what got me is that when it first launched, they were really pushing the Santa experience and how to successfully run that. And I thought, you know, like, like I need this to work and I just really need to get a head start on this business. And so I jumped, you know, 
headfirst right into it. Um, even though I, I, I don't log in and actually look at, I log into the Facebook group probably almost every day. And while I don't necessarily look at the, the resources that are in the membership all of the time, I would say 110%, like even just the support that you can get in that Facebook group is worth every single penny. You know, everybody is so great at sharing, you know, their knowledge and their experience. And it's been so incredibly helpful. And everyone says the same thing. Like there's five years worth of education inside of that part of it. And I think I've heard from more than one person that like when I'm looking for information on Santa sessions or when I'm looking for information on motherhood or whatever the topic may be that I go and, and there's usually something there on that topic. But for everyone, they say that that the Facebook community inside the membership is the most valuable thing because there's so many people in there with so many different experience levels that if you have a question, you're going to get an answer quick, you know, and so there's so many people in it. And so you are able to get, you know, a lot of answers fairly quickly. Um, And I think just, you know, the support of so many of the women in there can be so good for us. We, most of us are running these businesses hundred percent on our own and that can get so lonely. You know, I remember before being in the group, having a question and I didn't know who to ask, you know, like, I don't like, do you, do you ask another local photographer? Like they're my competition. You know, a lot of people have that kind of mindset. I am very fortunate that I am very close with a lot of the photographers in my area. Um, And so I do feel like I can reach out to them, but you know, you don't know who to ask. Like if it's a simple question, like, you know, I have a question about prints or I have a question about how to handle this particular situation. And when you're running a business on your own, you don't have coworkers that you can, you know, pop by their desk and ask them. And so it's almost like this group has just become an extended group of coworkers that you can reach out to anytime you have a question. Okay, I have a few quick questions for you and then I'll let you go. What's the best advice you were ever given? Oh, don't assume what someone's spending limit might be. Just because you might not be your ideal client and that's okay. You don't have to have your pricing set at something that you would spend. I think that's super important to know because what you might think is expensive might be a very worthwhile investment to someone else. And they are happy to spend it on a service and products they couldn't otherwise create or provide themselves. You know, it's like looking at something that you might spend money on. Like eventually I'd like to have, you know, my bathroom renovated. That's not something that I feel like I can do myself. And so I am more than happy to spend money on a designer and, you know, the contractors to get the work done so that it's done beautifully and it's done well. And I think our clients are often looking for that too. You know, they can't take these pictures themselves. They can't create this beautiful artwork on their own. And so they're willing to invest in that. And so, you know, never just assume that for any reason that any client, you know, no matter what car they're driving or, you know, how they look when they come in that, you know, they might have a smaller budget or they're not willing to spend the, the prices that you're charging. I think that's and I've super heard, important. I've heard you want to be the photographer people save for. Like yeah. you know, one day when I have a baby, I'm going to, you know. Go uh, and I do have some clients that have told me that, you know, they've come in and they're like, we've been saving for the session for a year. And that just is so, it touches my heart so much because, you know, like it's not just chump change that they've got laying around in their, in their bag, you know, it's, they've, they've been 
intentionally saving for this session because it's that important to them. What's your biggest mistake in business? I would have to say not setting boundaries up front. When I first started, I was letting clients' schedules overrule mine. So, you know, like they work all day and so they can't take time off during the day. Their session has to be on a night or a weekend. And so I would end up becoming so bitter about working every night and every weekend. At the end of the day, it wasn't their fault. Like I had no reason to be bitter. It was my own fault because I didn't set those boundaries and I didn't stick to the schedule that I was willing to work. And so I think every year I get better and better and better at saying, okay, you know, I'm only going to work these nights. I'm only going to work one weekend a month. I'm only going to work these hours. And so when you actually stick to those boundaries, can make such a big difference. And when you don't, I mean, it can really just run you down. And don't you find when you tell people when you're available, they just go with that? Like if you give them the option, of course, they're going to pick what's most convenient the weekend or, you know, but when you tell them, these are my, these are the days that I shoot. These are your options. 99% of the time, no one has an argument, right? Yeah. 99% of the time, every once in a while, you'll have somebody, well, you know, who really kind of pushes back on that. You know, and if just, you can't let them push back on you, you know, you, you are running your business. You're not letting the business run you. And so, you know, to just really stick to your boundaries and you're like, these are, these are my shooting hours. These are the hours that I work. These are the hours that I'm willing to meet with clients. Um, You know, most people are really pretty receptive to that and understanding and are willing to work with that schedule. I've learned that if you say before they even have a chance to ask, if you tell them your um, availability and then say weekends and evenings are for family, for my family, they can't argue with that. <laughs> so. No, they're in the same position. And I think especially in the genre of photography that we shoot, you know, most of the time we're conversing with other mothers. And so they get it. You know, they have the same, they're dealing with the same things. Okay. My last question. Um, what is your definition of success? Oh, I feel like this is an ever evolving concept. Um, but at the moment, success to me is to have this thriving business that I love, but to also be able to have the flexibility in my schedule to serve my family to the very best of my ability. You know, I've mentioned several times and I've repeat it to other photographers that I talk to who are feeling run down all the time. But I'm like, you know, you run your business, you don't let it run you. And I think when you have the confidence to take control and set those boundaries and step up to create that business that you've always wanted, that is success. That's a very good answer. Well, Kate, thank you so much for doing this. I um, have wanted to talk to you for so long and we chat on Instagram back and forth a little bit, but I still want to I want to be in your friend group. We have to plan a get together because I want to meet you in person. It's funny. A couple of other photographers and I have talked about that too. And somebody was like, if you haven't met Kim, you have to meet her. And so I think that would be so much fun. Well, thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Before I let you go, tell everybody where they can connect with you and find you and any offerings that you might have. Sure. You can find me on Instagram at Kate Marie Portraiture. My website is www.katemarieportraiture.com. I do offer in-person mentoring and I may or may not be planning a workshop for early 2024 with Laura Gaddis and Laura Edmund. 
Oh, that's going to be good. Some of my favorites. Yes. They're so, they're so incredibly talented and have such incredible business smarts. And I think it'll be really, really good get together. Did Kate's words make you feel uplifted? I surely did. It's so inspiring to hear her talk so honestly about what made her business successful and how she achieved it. I admire how openly she shared her journey, the start, the challenges, and everything in between. Sometimes that's precisely what we need to hear to realize that we're not alone in this business journey. I hope Kate's story encourages you to take the next steps in growing your own photography business. Our TMA membership that you heard Kate speak of is currently closed, but will reopen for new members very soon. To ensure you're the first to know when our membership doors reopen, please join our waitlist at membership.themotherhoodanthology.com and join our waitlist. Until then, you can find a large, warm, and welcoming community of fellow motherhood photographers in the free Motherhood Anthology community on Facebook, and I hope to see you there. I love this quote by Susie Kasim: Be yourself, because an original is worth way more than a copy. So from our lens to yours, until next time, friends.